0: Hey there, welcome to Friendly Ties. This is a board gaming podcast, and today we're talking about fleeing a solar system as a sun explodes. This is Evacuation.
1: So this is one of the hotter games right now. This is also like the month of evacuation on John Gets Games' channel, right? It really is.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess I should get that caveat out of the way right at the beginning. I was sponsored to make a video for this game. I made a full tutorial video. It should be out by the time this episode drops. Uh, I did buy it at Essen. That was kind of a convenient thing. Uh, They they wanted me to make a video, and I was like, well, don't send it to me. I already bought it. But um, yeah, take all my opinions with a grain of salt, but I like this game. But I also have a lot of things to say about it. Poor God,
2: We, we, We looped him into it. we had him to commit to making the podcast before he realized he was going to be like releasing three evacuation <laughs> videos in a week.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. And the last one was Nucleum. Ah, I'm such a shill. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is uh, the new design from Vladimir Sushi. Uh, came out from Delicious Games, and it is a Euro game about fleeing a planet as its solar system, as its sun is exploding, and you're just trying to evacuate from one from the old planet to a new planet, and. The game has a big board in the middle of the table with two big, beautiful planets on it, and you have uh, four rounds to do it. Um, and then you potentially score. This is kind of a, an odd game in that there's
1: a couple main ways to play with, like, a race mode and a points mode. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Yeah. I just want to say that my favorite part of the art is actually the curvy, crazy line that goes between the two planets yes. rather than the two planets themselves. That's the thing that actually really draws my eyes to It the is board. compelling, yes. And... I will add, is a cool mechanism in the game um, that that like travel track that you use between them is um, very satisfying. I dig this game. Uh, evacuation, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Vladimir Suchi fanboy. Not every game has landed with me um, of his, but I generally, it's definitely a designer that will pull my eye to the game anytime. Right. And I um, love this idea of dismantling and then maybe remantling. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's a real word. Uh, ever since we did that episode on Empire's End earlier this year, right? That's like right. You, you all yeah. remember that. that like was also, I yeah. was like, Destroyer. I really want to play this game for the theme, right? Like, and so that yeah. idea of like tearing apart your engines, and then in this game also like. Rebuilding them. Don't come at me about calling it an engine. Um, is, <laughs> he is, did it himself. Uh, <laughs>
2: is
1: is definitely something that I think is really neat. So I'm I'm drawn in by that idea. I really like in a game the challenge of not just necessarily building up, but essentially like managing between. And I think at its core, this game nails that idea. If that concept appeals to you. Um, It does make you balance between the two worlds and the idea that you are tearing this one down in order to make this new one great. It nails that theme as far as I'm concerned.
2: 100%. 100%. You know, at its core, I feel like this game is like really just like super fancified, like pick up and deliver. Like I don't (laughs) like in in like a way... What? Pick
0: a whole planet. Pick up a civilization. It's a I civilization. It. I just like that. Go, keep, oh, going, I
2: thought, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> no, I thought no, you were like, hating on you. it. Yeah. Like, I. I mean... Like, and it's funny because I'm not a big pickup. I've, I've yet to play a pickup and deliver game that I really like, but for some reason I find myself like until this one, I guess, like if, if we're going to call it that, um, because I, but I always find myself like really drawn to them. Cause I just find something really satisfying of being like, okay, like I'm going to take these things. I'm going to put them here. And I'm going to do this. I'm gonna put it here. And I'm gonna, and like, I feel like that's kind of what you're doing. Like you've got two planets and you are literally moving, your resources, your population, your population and your resource production factories, yeah, the overall infrastructure, from, yeah, yeah, from one to the other, and like, and then, and then, and at the same time, both of these economies are then producing things, and you're continuing, you know, to kind of try and and move things, you know, back, not back, but forth, I guess, just always forth, <laughs> moving <laughs> things forth, but I. Yeah, I just so so like that idea of like okay, cool like this this planet over here is going to be doing this, this planet over here is going to be doing this, and then I just got to figure out how I'm going to like pick this stuff up and get it over here before the end of the game. And you there's a lot of ways that you can do that, but it's also only played over four years, which is essentially four rounds. You don't have that many up as many opportunities as you would think to be able to move your resources. It becomes this incredibly beautiful dance of resource management and mm-hmm. production engine manage all these things at once. It's, it's, yeah. It's really cool.
0: This game has a few neat mechanics. Like I, I'm such a, a sucker for like a neat mechanic in a Euro game and this game has got a few of them, but the one that um I think stands <laughs> at the bottom, that doesn't make sense. The, 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 the foundational one is the fact that you exist on both these planets. There are these three resources. It's energy, food, and steel which seems like a low amount. It's a Euro game. It's a, it's, a, it's a thinky Euro game, but there's only three resources, but you have to split them apart. You have old world steel and new world steel and old world food and new world food, and moving from one to the other is difficult. Uh, it's slow with your ships, and you've got to get the production going, and I, I think that's the first thing where like you teach the game, you show it to people, and like, oh, that's cool, and then like, from my experience teaching this a few times, 10 minutes in, people are just like, oh man like you know like thinking about where it is and where it goes not that it's like an analysis paralysis thing but more of a just like this is funky and
2: interesting weird just like managing
0: managing these two different planets like you really feel like a bureaucrat almost like (laughs) like managing the evacue i mean the the name makes sense it's not like flee the game or or like you know run away or like exploding sun it's like evacuation you are managing this evacuation you have time to like you know we're gonna send the the steel factories and the food factories before the energy factories and i don't know it, i i think it's really easy to lean into the theme on this one which i don't normally care about but i definitely feel like a space administrator trying to ferry <laughs> civilization across the stars
2: yeah yeah i was trying to think about this guys can you think of any other games where you where you have that like you have you know in so many games you collect resources right but like i'm try- i was trying to think earlier of like other game examples where like you are basically have two completely separate resource generation engines and you and they're separate right like you they, they don't cross over they don't they don't just go into one big pool the o- the only thing i could think of which is actually not related at all but it just reminded me of a little bit was actually the um winter and summer actions in viticulture, which again has nothing to do that. That's not creating two different resource pools, but it just reminded me of that, like that idea of like these, like you play two different sides of the board, but even in that game, you play one side, then you all go play the other side. That's not how this is. You you are kind of actively working both sides of your, you know, both planets in every round. Um, and I, I couldn't come up with another game where I felt like I had two completely separate resource uh, engines i
1: can't think of an example of a game that does something like that and i'm really racking my brain i will say that i think that sounds really daunting right if you're listening to this podcast you haven't yep. played this game it's like oh you have to do double the work one thing that i think is a very clean part of this game's design is that most of the numbers in this game are very very simple like you're counting up ones and twos Mm -hmm. actually you're really just counting up a lot of ones yeah and like they they go up to like seven unless you're anastasia and you get 15 somehow but um (laughs) for for the most part like they they count up to seven and yes you have to do it in two places but you also kind of know they're flowing in one direction and you know when you go to buy things in this game it's like it costs three of this and two of that two of this and one of that it's a it's a heavy game but the the purchases the numbers that go into it are no more complex than you know a game of splendor or something like that yeah yeah one of the like a big end game purchase
0: you did in the the game we just did it cost you like six things total you built a stadium and and two 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 yeah it's counted by one so two two one yeah (laughs) and he did it and it was like whoa that's a huge stadium he just built so like yeah that, that and that was right at the very end of the game so that makes sense
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I'll totally admit that I like Vladimir Suchi, I like Underwater Cities. I loved Messina 1347 from last year, which which he co-designed um or or was a part of the design of from last year. Um so like I so I I knew I was going to play it. Like I I it wasn't it wasn't like a huge leap, but hearing those elements i just thought oh my god like you know i there's nothing i hate more than not having what i need when i need it when i want it where you guys know it it, where (laughs) i need it like oh my god you want to like just let me just like have a meltdown that that is that is me and so so i was really worried about that in this game and and i gotta tell you yes yes that is possible and that is there but Nick is right. The math is simple. It, it does cause a It does trigger some AP. It does trigger a lot of thinking there. There are moments where you're like, Oh no, I didn't put this where I needed it or I didn't. But the way the system works, the way things flow, when they flow, how they flow, there's a lot of opportunities for you to plan kind of know what you need and, and kind of be ready for what you need to do and kind of adapt in any given moment. Like I, I haven't had as many, Feel bad moments as I, I expected to have with a game that of this weight, of this complexity with these systems where there is like no resource crossover, which mm-hmm. is, again, very thematic, as you said, yeah. John. You know, I remember like a
0: ton of uh, frustration with Messina, with those feel bad moments. Yeah, uh, And yep. yeah, I agree. A-, a lot less here. I think part of that is because this is a very multiplayer solitaire game. Uh, like, especially compared to underwater cities. And I think this game is going to be very frequently uh, compared to underwater cities. I've done it, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Uh, but the core mechanic of underwater cities is worker placement vicious, brutal, <laughs> mean worker yeah, placement. I was placement. say, you are
2: going to talk about like mean, like feel yeah. bad moments. I'm like, oh boy, underwater cities. Yeah. And, and
0: underwater <laughs> cities has, has neat ways to like try to get around it. But at its core, 100%. it's worker placement and blocking. But in evacuation, the way that the core action system is, I'm just doing my thing and you're just doing your thing. We have our board in front of us and on your turn, you do an action. It's going to cost an increasing amount of energy, which you spend from your own pool and you choose the actions in front of you. You don't even block yourself, let alone other people blocking you. (laughs) If you keep hitting the same spot over and over again, it starts to cost a little bit more, but not even really that much. And so I think... That is part of it. Like there are three markets in the middle of the table where you can buy stadiums, uh, infrastructure cards, and spaceships, and that is one of the two areas of of interaction. Really,
2: John, John, John says there's no interaction in this game, and <laughs> and he took a thing I needed, and I let off a litany. A litany of profanity. bad words, <laughs> profanity at him in the middle of this game. So, but, as much as it know, is multiplayer solitaire, yeah. But at the same
0: time, and, and when you were saying that, you are like, I can't believe I telegraphed that. And I was like, you didn't telegraph that. That ship just had the thing. Like, I, I have no idea what you want. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm so focused on my area um, yeah. that I'm I'm frequently surprised at at what can happen from things that are. Easily countable. There's this mechanic about progress that I'm sure we'll talk about, but it involves each of us having a progress amount. And I remember in the very first round, Nick was like, Okay, I have six progress and I do this thing. And I was like, Wait, what? I have six progress. And it's like, I could so easily have just glanced at Nick's board and seen that he was going to do this. But it didn't even occur to me. I think because I was in that multiplayer solitaire mind space. And I don't mean that negatively. For some people, that is a negative. I think it's something you should absolutely know going into this game that, that that it's very heads down. You kind of do your own thing together at the table.
2: But I'm curious, Nick, because uh, you have a tendency—this is a credit to you—to uh, be a play a little bit smarter, a little bit faster than John, than John and I. And, and by that, I mean that you usually it's like a couple plays before John and I start to get to a point where we're starting to think about what other people are doing you are already seeing it, which is why I sort of was like, oh, I bet Nick saw that I needed that or like whatever. And so I'm curious from your perspective, if you still think this is like, do you really, it's just multiplayer. So like how much were you paying attention to John and I, you know, as we were playing?
1: I mean, the both of you have played a little bit more than I have. So I I would say that we're probably on pretty similar levels, (laughs) but I I agree. I think it's multiplayer solitaire. You could argue that like, oh, like, you know, with that ship that this person bought, like you could have, looked over at their board and seen that they're taking gray things so they're going to want the gray ship so you really need to rush for that first or ah the really good stadium is out there so you're going to grab that good stadium before anyone else could grab the good stadium but like i'll say that those forms of interaction i don't think are terribly interesting and Mm -hmm. and and the, the the puzzle in this game is interesting but the interaction is not and i think that even if you're like very cognizant of what other folks are doing in this game at a certain point like you can only do what you can do like if you look and they're like oh they want to ship over yellow people and I don't care about that you're not gonna do anything about it. Like yeah. Yeah. this is not a game yeah. we're getting in anyone's way is at at all worth your yeah, effort. Yeah,
2: you don't have enough actions. In fact, I did something in our in the game we just finished that got in John's way, and I just like had deep regret because it didn't actually pan out being better for me. And, and you weren't trying to block me either. I wasn't. But that was. But the only value is that it somehow was not good for John because I took something that he needed. But you know. But I do think that what the interaction in this game, for as little as there is, what that interaction does do is create a lot of tension or at least in at least for me because you guys know I love to build my sandcastles and like not like have them execute there is a I think a fair amount of tension in terms of am I going to be able to place on the spot that I need to place on or am I going to be able to take the thing that I need to take Nick is right I don't know that that interaction is particularly interesting but it it, it it does add a bit of tension I do think
1: Race to settling is probably is a part of the interaction we haven't mentioned that is probably the most significant part of the interaction. But there's already there's just so many like decent places that it's like if you don't get the one perfect placement, like it's probably okay. Certainly, there are some circumstances where you really need the particular thing, but I don't know. know. Yes, it can be interactive, (laughs) but like you need to be at a level of this game that I think most people aren't going to get to, honestly. Um, unless your group just plays this a ton, and again, like I think that's totally okay. But as as John was saying earlier, they're like you just need to be aware that this is a heads down solitaire game, and it's yeah. well worth it if you like those kinds of games. Yes, yeah. Uh, I yeah. think
0: Nick just said a very important word in that last bit, and that was uh, the race. To put (laughs) things down onto the new world. Uh, The new world is a big hex grid. There's some restrictions for where you can place, and there's definitely reasons why you might want to go in certain spots. But I would say, you know, going to the tension that Anastasia was just mentioning, the tension is in how much can I do before these four rounds are up? Like four rounds does not feel like that much, and you are racing yourself and your opponents but it almost feels more like a drag race than uh you know like a formula one on the same track you know like we're all kind of doing similar things but you know and and who can get there faster and and specifically harping on that word there are two main ways to play this game the first way and the according to the rulebook and the designer primary way to play this game is called race mode the other way is to play points mode and i think we should probably talk about race mode uh, now because i think a lot
2: of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff orients around we should that. talk about both we need to yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah, need, yeah to, we need to go into this so yeah for sure the book
0: recommends that you um, that in a, without anything else pushing you you should the default should be playing race mode and it recommends you play the first game in race mode and i agree that the first time you play this game Really should be the race mode. I think for most, I think people. we
2: all agree with that. And I think. Do you Do you still agree with that, Nick?
1: No, I really hate race mode. <laughs> oh, but well, I
2: think I think you need it. I think yeah. you need it. But... So let's
1: talk about a little bit more. Like, so you know what the other part of the
0: design is exactly. So, <laughs> race mode is essentially the the strict goal of the game is just. Build, Get your infrastructure going on the New World. You're racing to get those three things. It's food, steel, and energy. You're racing to get all of your production on the New World to eight or more. And you need to construct or have three stadiums on the New World, which is kind of a weird mechanic, but I guess thematically it's just like the happiness of your people. So you want to have productive, happy people on the new world. And when you play the race mode, the game and ends. And you need to,
2: wait, hold on. And you need to have evacuated no, your entire... you don't. You don't?
0: No, you don't. What? That's not a requirement what? for race mode. It says you probably should evacuate the planet fully, but you don't have to in order to trigger the end of the race. And wow. yeah, and okay. when somebody okay. triggers the end of the race, the game functionally ends immediately. So you don't necessarily play through the four full rounds. Then you count up some quote-unquote points, and you mostly take penalties for yeah, the stuff that people haven't evacuated yet, and and you know various things like that. And then one person is going to win, and the winning score is going to be something like nine. 12 or 10, (laughs) like a really, really small number.
2: It's what honestly feels a bit arbitrary. Uh,
0: The first time we played, uh, the the three of us all together, I beat Nick by one happiness on the tiebreaker. And so that's kind of what I mean by like, winning is is like a case of just a handful of points here or there. So it's very kind of one-dimensional in its goal, obviously, you know. But in the race mode, the most jarring part is the fact that it could just end early. And in fact, every time I've played race mode, it has ended early. That's, it's jarring in a Euro game. That's like two hours long and you have all these plans. The, the carpet just gets ripped out right from underneath you. I remember in that first game with you, Nick, uh, it was also your first play, but we started the fourth round and the end of the game was triggered two actions into the fourth round. We almost didn't even have a fourth round and that was pretty unsatisfying.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing, you know, the thing about race mode is like I, it, it, I see why it exists, right? And 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 to a certain extent, there there is a there is there it's simpler. We're going to talk about points mode in a minute, but it is it is a simpler way to play the game. It it is. Cleaner to a certain extent. You know, we talked in the past about Anno 1800, and that's a game that sort of similarly has like this arbitrary moment where the game can end, and suddenly you're like, oh my god! Like, and we played a game once of that where Nick ended it like five turns in or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it, we we played for like 25 minutes and it was over. And we've also played games of that that have gone on and on because like no- nothing ended it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the difference between a game like that and a game like this. Is that because of the way the rounds work, because of the intricacies, the efficiencies, the mechanisms of like, I'm going to move this, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to do that. And you're like all the plotting, all that multiplayer solitaire happening. And then for one person in a game that is not otherwise particularly interactive, as you said, to just be like, cool, I did it, I'm done. It's like, you're not, you're not paying attention mm-hmm. w- enough to those people. Yeah, you're like, wait, what? Um, no, I, I don't want I, to be I done. Don't, yeah. And kind of like what Nick said, like, there's not a lot you can do the actions, the ability for you to do things there's only, you have lots of options, but there's only so much you can do. And a lot of that is because you're doing kind of like one thing after another, after another. So if you needed four actions to kind of like execute the bulk of your plan, like you're screwed, you know? And, yeah. and, and that, that is not a great feeling when you've invested really truly invested in the infrastructure that you're building invested in getting your people off the plane like it is a game that feels very thematic as john said and and you know you've you spent time doing that um Mm -hmm. so i you know i'm glad to have played it i would play it again with new players because i do think there's a lot going on this game it's i even saw it on unic like you know you you're the smartest board gamer i know but even in that first play you were like whoa there are a lot of things that are like Happening here. And I do think that if we'd thrown you into points mode and action cards and those things, I just, you would have gotten it because you're you. But like, I still think it, it, I think there's something to be said for. I don't, I very rarely say this, but I think that this is a game where I do think the quote beginner mode, or even if Suchi says this is the mode, whatever, I think the race mode is, I do think it, I do think, I do think it's w- worth playing once, you know, just to get your feet wet in the game. But that, that's me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do also want to point out that just because you end the race doesn't mean that you win. You know, when the first time I taught it to you, Anastasia, you triggered the end. And yep. and I beat you on, again, the tiebreaker, which makes it sound th- th- like, like there's points. a lot of ties when you're <laughs> playing in the race mode. Because it's just like, who is eligible to win? Okay. And then check your happiness. Yeah. So, Nick, you were thinking that maybe...
1: You don't think you should start with yeah. the race mode.
2: I, I want to hear Nick's thoughts on racement because he hasn't said them yet.
1: I, I mean, I just, I, I don't care for, as you said, they, so many of them just end in a tiebreaker for a thing that the tiebreaking thing, the smiley faces don't feel important enough in the course of the game that they yeah. then suddenly become the tiebreaker at the end of the game. Yeah. I find it very dissonant with what i am doing through the course of the game Mm -hmm. and frankly Race mode is not the only thing that's going to come under fire from me here, because we're going to pivot to talking about points mode here. And frankly, I don't really love points mode either. And you're <laughs> going to be really confused <laughs> listening to this podcast, hearing me say that. Right, 15 minutes ago, I said I love this game and you should play it, and that's true. But that's because I really love the playing of this game. I really, and I, I shouldn't assume, but I'm going to assume, I really feel like. The design of this game was so cool. It's so satisfying to play. You move these pieces between one another. And then it was like, well, okay, how do we how do I gamify? How do I make it so that like someone wins this game that you play against other players, you know, and it, it's not super interactive. So someone's gotta win. And so they like landed on you have this like race thing and then they landed on this like points thing and they're like "Nah, let's put them both in and they both are like very mediocre end game scoring things (laughs) i find them both to be very dissatisfying for the process that i went through over the course of the game and i find that to be very odd for me like i generally the whole thing needs to gel for me to like a game but i've really liked playing this game i really want to keep playing this game because fiddling with it is really fun. Making the things work is very satisfying. But then when we go to count the points at the end, I'm like, that's what's important? Like, it doesn't feel right somehow. Um, and maybe that's just a reflection of me not appropriately understanding what's important in the game. Um, but I think race mode, of two of them, particularly pushes you towards... Hey, this is the thing that's most important, and to me, that feels wrong.
2: I love, love, love that you just said that because you just captured for me the thing that like I have been grappling with since we finished playing. So, so before we uh, started uh, recording this tonight, you know, we we sat down, we played a three-player game, we played in points mode, which we will talk about, I swear, in just a second. It was my sixth play of the game. I played it. 3 times 2 players, 2 times 3 players, 1 times 4 players, played it all different ways. Points mode, race mode. The only thing I haven't played yet is the the modules. There's a couple of additional modules um which maybe will help with what I too have been feeling uh which is basically like I'm having like the time of my life playing this game. Like this this game, mm, like I like I'm, I'm trying to reduce my collection, but I have already pre-ordered <laughs> this game. <laughs> I didn't like, know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, fell for Nucleum too. Both yep. of them. All right, I can. You know, I got rid of a lot of games. I can add two new ones this year. All right. Um, Fair enough. I, I just, I just, I really enjoy it. I want to share it with people, um, and you know, for that. I, I, yeah, it's, just, so, so I'm just, I'm loving it. It's a great game and I, and I do want to keep playing it. I think that the th- only, my like, the only thing that, that, like, honestly, it almost like makes me sad because it, it is exactly what Nick was kind of hitting on is that uh we go to count up the points in points mode and, and I, I just like I just feel like I'm bad. You're like, not very I'm good bad. at it. I'm not very good at it. And I like hate that. I think I'm like playing so well. I've done all these things. I've I've got all this stuff going on. You took like
0: nine actions compared to my I five did. in the last round. You had a million energy. And like and then and the scores were me, like Yeah. Like it
2: makes me hate Sean, who I love dearly, <laughs> because he like I'll be like, I did everything so good. And then he will be like He'll have his like three, uh, you know, end game action cards or whatever. Like, we should talk about how you get points yes. in this stupid game, but, but, <laughs> but whatever. And he'll just have more of everything, right? And then, uh, like, and like he did that twice in a row. Nick's done that twice in a row. Nick always does that to me, but now here, John's doing it to me too, and yeah. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I just it was not, and they're they're like being cute, like, oh, it's close. I'm like, for you, for you too, yeah. it's close. I'm like twenty five points behind them. This is unimportant, but, like, I don't know why I'm bad at it. And it, it, and I guess the thing is, like... It
0: kind of, like, pulls the rug out from under you. You're like, I'm having fun. <sighs> I'm having fun. Oh.
2: I just... I I think I'm killing it, and then I'm not. And I, I think I feel like that part of that's because I need to parse better, like, what gives me points and how. And there are so many things to do about that. John, please, God, tell the people how you get points in this game so I yes. can keep talking.
0: <laughs> points <laughs> mode. So, yeah, when you play points mode, you... First, and very importantly, you play all of the four rounds. You you, there, you There's no game ending early, so you can plan for all this stuff to happen. And then at the start of the game, everyone gets... Uh, you do a draft, essentially, for three end-game goal cards. And so you'll have these all game long. They're technically hidden, but you do a hand draft, so you can have a suspicion about what other people are have in front of them. And, uh, for example, in the game we just played... My three goals, Uh, one of them was have a bunch of spaceships, and spaceships are how you actually transport. The second one was have a bunch of energy, and you literally need energy to power your ships and to take the actions of the game. And then my third goal was just try to settle a specific part of the planet. And so I was focusing on those things. And the last time we played, one of my goals was infrastructure cards. And so I focused on having lots of infrastructure. So it very much leans into that I don't know, very well-trodden field of Euro games of, like, here's part of the game that you do better or you score better. So, you know, focus on that. And I like that it's a hand draft. So it's not just like, here's some random goals, do what you can. It's like, okay, you're drafting, you're you're passing around, and then you're trying to come up with, with kind of a synergy. And then you also score potentially a pile of points, for your production you're just trying to have them be equal you, you score based off of your lowest production value and then you might suffer penalties if you don't have enough stadiums and if you haven't evacuated enough people off the planet and all those things but the game is is very much about those three goals the play of points mode orbits entirely around those three cards i think
2: yeah yeah for sure and and i think that there are a couple of additional modules that you can add in to add a couple of additional ways to yeah, score like public
0: goals and like line majority things. And we haven't actually tried those. Yeah.
2: No, but I will say that I do want to play with them next time because I do think that like what I have felt in the couple of games, I guess now four games that I played in points mode was that honestly, for all the things that you're doing in this game, the way that you're scoring points for s- like, I feel like I need a uh, – it's like throwing more darts. That I need more ways. I need more ways to score points because clearly I'm not good at maximizing the ava- points available to I me. I kind of to just give that. me a couple more options. Maybe these points will work for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of get that. I mean, the, the game
0: comes with like a little score pad. And when we were – we just played this game, the three of us, and we were writing down all the scores. And, and I, de- I definitely had a moment – this is my fifth play. I, I, like, I have played points mode a couple times as well. And I had a moment writing them down like, oh, that's it. Like, it's, yeah, it's the production, it. it's that's these it. three goals, uh, and then you, you maybe get a, a few points for happiness, and then and that it, it, that's really it. It's these four things. Production, goal one, goal two, goal three.
2: And I feel like if you're not good, like, it, given how we've played, like, John and Nick with the goal cards, they each maximized all three goal cards. Now... In most euros that you play, where you have gold cards, like maybe you maximize Books like
0: one or two, yeah, one
2: or two, or like no, no, you have to do all of them, and you better do them all perfectly, right? While I mean, also I guess, crushing your
0: production, while also crushing your production, <laughs>
2: while also getting all your people off the planet, while also having the most happy faces. But but then, then that's it, right? Like and 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 don't get me wrong, that that's our table, that's our group, that's our that's this space. But I think I do like having point options, right? And it, and in a game like this, where like I felt like I. Well, I guess apparently did nothing better than them. So I don't know. But I felt like I did. I felt it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stockpiled energy better than we did. Yes. Um, Thank you. That is Thank very you. true. And
0: you had a goal to have energy factories. But
2: you had the goal to have energy production. And there's no way to get additional goals. There's no way to change goals. Yeah. So, you you know, there is a, you, you know, you can kind of maybe know where you are in the game. Mm-hmm before it ends, just based on how well you've accomplished the things are available, which, you know, is fine. That that's a, that's a game. But to Nick's point, I don't, uh, eh, the points at the end of my least favorite part of the game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Playing it is so satisfying, but the, the, you know, you draft these things and most of the goals are like, do the things that you would be doing already anyway, but then like do yours, I guess a little bit more because frankly, you can't, You you can't really ignore, you know, most of what you're doing in this game. This is a this isn't a game where you like learn it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna focus on this one aspect of the game. Like when you play this game, and it's part of the reason why I think we're advocating for playing the the race mode or the beginner mode or whatever you want to call it at the beginning is like, well, you know, frankly, you're gonna do all the things. There's there's no I'm gonna pick and choose my little control my little domicile over here or something like that. Like you you're gonna do all of it. You have to do all of it, and so. I think part of the reason that, that the points mode like Anastasia um, is saying doesn't like resonate with me so much is because, I don't know, it doesn't feel super special. Like when we were like scoring up like this last game and like we looked at like the, the comparison like between John's and my scores, instead of like adding down the column, it was easier to just be like, all right, I'm up two here. I'm down one here. I'm up three yeah. here. I'm down yeah. five here. And like that's just an example to say like – how um you know it, fe- it feels like it's going to be a point salad-y counterball up at the end but at the end of the day it's like it's not and
2: it's honestly just like a modification of the race mode elements it's just, yeah, the, mark- yeah, the, just... the finish line is moved to a different
1: el- place well, well mm. but at least in points mode you get to play all the way to the end yeah and so if even if you are a player who is losing the game or who is behind tempo or something like that um you still have the opportunity to complete the evacuation right and like um in the sense that that right one of my one of my working theories about like what are games that people have decided that they really love and in a lot of them it's that people get to build something and in this Mm -hmm. one you know you're kind of building something which is a, a new place that you all ran off to and so in race mode having abruptly ended it and not getting to do all the things sucks. Whereas in yeah. points mode, even if I don't like the way that the points score, at least I've gotten to do all of the things that I've set out to do. And I think that this game has a nice tempo and pacing to it. It, does, it doesn't, It does to me, feel like it overstays its welcome or takes too long. You feel like you're under the wire as you kind of get to the end there. Um, and then, you know, I imagine when you're quite good at it, then you're like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to do these extra things or build a flourishing metropolis instead so it's good <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit extra and i think that's cool yeah well
2: and the timing of when you do those things is it, it nick's right you have to do everything in this game but when you do it can change i mean we played with our friend uh, dave and he was like i'm not going to ship any ships until the end which i think yeah, he's I like i'm was... just gonna
0: wait to evacuate until the yeah. last possible second
2: which was like insane like i was like what like but it worked for him and the way that he had He
0: didn't win but he came really close.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know the way that these things play out. So you can kind of change the, I I'm adding that in because like there's just, you know that that can be like one okay, speaking of Messina 1347, we taught we when when we all played that game last year we talked about how like there almost was like this track that you felt like you had to kind of follow. It's like mm-hmm. okay, the years go and you have to kind of do these things. And kind of follow the arc of the story. There are all of these things you have to do, but when and how you do them—that's entirely up to you. It's like Nick said: you are managing this thing, and and how you want to do it, how you decide to manage your, you know, evacuation machine here—like that's on you. Um, but you know, you better do it in four years because the yeah. sun's going to explode or whatever.
0: <laughs> so I do struggle a little bit separating my. <laughs> My love for the advanced action card module uh, from also my enjoyment of the points mode. Uh, We've talked about these two things, and we're going to talk about those cards in just a second. I want to share just a brief anecdote. Um, I bought this game at Essen. Uh, I got it back, and I was really excited to play it. Um, I-, I played it with uh, with a couple of friends. wasn't any of you though. And I taught it. Uh, I was a rough teach uh, just because it was the first time playing, and I didn't understand it. We played race mode with no extra modules. And I remember I got home, and I told you all I played it. You know, we we're t- chatting online, and you're like, "What'd you think?" And I was like, "I had fun." And I remember Nick was like, oh, no, like, like, you know, like, like, it's not good. Like, you know, like reading between the lines, John's not excited. He thinks it's just kind of whatever. And and then I played it in the points mode for the first time uh, was my third play, I think. But we also use these advanced cards. And I was just like hopping. I was like, like hopping up and down. I was having so much fun. And and so let's talk about these cards, because the advanced cards is a module that you can play in either mode we've only played it in points mode so far but but you can do it with either
2: can you really i didn't realize yeah. you could use them in race mode oh that's fascinating i mean yeah. the, the advanced action cards are are freaking bomb they're they they're are the, <laughs> the,
0: the 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 thing that launches this into uh into the uh stratosphere or whatever for me because yeah i have enjoyed my games of this one in race mode without the cards i it was a, a better playing time than not playing any game at all which is like not a resounding endorsement it is it's faster like six I'll out put it of ten or way. something like that it is it is yeah. a
2: faster game in race mode <laughs> yeah but then
0: we bring these cards in so when you don't play with the cards the way the actions work is you just trigger actions that are static on your board you always have the same set no matter when you're playing this or where you're playing this it's the same ones same options and you could do a lot of interesting things with those things But when you play with the cards mode, you will have a hand of action cards, four of them, at the start of every turn. And you have to play one of these cards. And you either put it face down to activate one of the standard actions like you normally have. uh, Or you put it face up and you get to do what the card says. And there's like 80 cards or something like that. And they're all, you know, there's a lot that are similar. But still, they run the gamut of different combinations of actions and discounts and bonuses and extra penalties. But gives you extra progress and just like a huge variety of stuff to the point where I I get this, like, endorphin, like, you know, what's in the box? Like, you know, I got to draw a new card, and maybe it's going to save my butt because I didn't realize that I desperately need one more steel and then you, like, I draw a card that says build a spaceship, and you can convert one resource into another, and I'm just, like, falling out of my chair. (laughs) Like, that's perfect. (laughs) It's not always like that. Sometimes you have a hand of cards that doesn't work, but I love that element, and you know, coming back to my the, the start of this kind of new segment here, maybe I just love the cards mode, and because I played the advanced cards in points mode, I'm like, therefore I love points mode. So it, it does make me wonder what race mode would be like with the cards.
1: The cards are awesome. Strong agree. Um, I think it's because it makes the decision space of the action you're going to take on your turn surprisingly wide. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of different kinds of actions you can take throughout the course of the game. And, you know, you can buy this or that or, you know, place this or that down. Um, And, you know, you play the first time, you're like, okay, cool. Those are all my basic actions. And it's kind of interesting because they can decide to essentially, you know, move more on the progress. We haven't really talked about progress, but um, move more on progress and take X action instead of Y action The advanced action cards then essentially say, look, it's all the same actions, but it might have this exception or it might have this bonus or it actually might even let you take two actions, but you have really crappy progress at the end of the turn. And so do you want to do any of these things? Uh, Because if you do, they're awesome and they're more efficient than the what I guess I'll refer to as the basic actions, the default actions um but hey you know what if you don't want to you can still take the default actions anyway and so you you can still always execute the plan you want to but if you're able to be responsive to the cards in your hand you get a little you know frosting and that can make a big difference and i think that's part of the very satisfying flow of the game is responding to those cards and feeling that flexibility
2: it's funny that you you used frosting because I was just about to make an analogy to say that um, you know Nick is kind of a we haven't really talked about the progress track but but I'm gonna just talk about it for a minute here because I feel like it is it is like the the extra drizzle or the extra frosting or the whatever the thing that kind of brings I can't find the right food analogy that like brings <laughs> the whole game together is it the gluten. I was going to say it was the noodles and the chicken noodle soup but I just wasn't it wasn't going already you have a really interesting game between you know these 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 two planets and the engines that you're building and the pickup and deliver and all of these things but as Nick is talking about like the act of playing these cards each card gives you a certain amount of a of movement that you will move along this track that kind of winds between the two planets if you look at the board and the mini game that is figuring out how to play those because the amount of movement that you want. And there's again, some interaction here because uh, how you, you know, you're not, it's not guaranteed depending that, you know, depending on if you're going to get to choose to move first, but there are kind of bonuses along that track where you are on that track changes, where you can build uh, what areas of the new planet you can build on what how many resources you get from the old planet because you're like you're basically you're like moving satellites further and further away so you don't have as many resources and you you are playing this mini game by playing your cards there are bonuses that you get at the ends uh, another way to play shocking mm-hmm. like is is how you whether or not you have to get those bonuses exactly and you know, I remember my first play of this. I was like obsessed with playing the right. I mean, I was spending all this time sitting there, like counting, like okay, this card gave me four movement, and then three movement, and then I like I was like, yeah, you got to hit eleven. The, you got to hit eleven. I had to hit it exactly, yeah. and 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 that element is still kind of there. And to Nick's point, you you can play the main actions, you can play the actions in your card. You have these choices, but there's there's this another layer at play of which how much movement do i want and i think that putting that layer that element that frosting onto the game is just is like the piece that brings everything together for me
1: the progress tracker is is very cool and so far i've mostly played very like low and slow on it because you get rewarded for moving slowly and i I'm not sure if the game does that as kind of a consolation prize or if it does it sort of as like a a limiting factor like right to to essentially say like oh if you're going crazy on movement then it's going to kind of bust the game wide open but um, I'm very curious to see like what it looks like if you just kind of shoot out really quickly and how the game flows and there's there's also something again it's 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 mostly a euro with numbers but there's something actually like thematically satisfying it's like as your two command nodules or what what John what are they like officially called you're like AI artificial
0: intelligence like logistics satellites or something
1: like that yeah yeah. so as as and you have two of them and as you move them further like they must be within a certain amount of range of each other so they communicate to each other and as they move farther away from your starting planet you lose certain efficiencies and so therefore like fewer like less production on your starting planet but then it allows you to access you know more difficult to reach regions on the new planet and as you get even closer to the new planet then those synergies start transferring over there as your you know little ai nodules like start creating the efficiencies over there and there's something there's something very cool about that um transition and i'm a, a number of games do this but i'm 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 constantly impressed at how many how much more the decision space is when you are not moving on one track, but you're moving two things on one track um because it you're like, oh well, I could move this one a lot and this one a little or this mm-hmm. one what if I move them in tandem with each other and the a point of interaction in this game is if you have fewer happy faces and therefore are going later in the turn, then you you know have to you, you might want to avoid where your opponents went to because they've already kind of snatched up the the bonus that they get for going there. So yeah. um, that that movement I think is it's just cute. And again, the decision space is is surprisingly deep for not hard math, right? There's not there's nothing challenging about it from a like a cerebral taxation perspective. But but just from a like what's the right call for me right here. Um it's it's just satisfying, very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I, I've enjoyed
0: the variety it can also bring. Uh, you know, coming coming back a little bit to points mode. The, the first time I played points mode, I had a goal that essentially said max out the progress track. Uh, I had that one tonight. Yeah, yeah, you did. And and because of that, I remember when I played that, the game is four rounds long, and in that first round, I went like. 15 or 17 progress he went which is, nuts, he which is nuts. i was I mean, so jealous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in, the, frequently you go like five or seven or eight or maybe 10 but i went like 15 in the first round i went like 19 in the second round i would just pedal to the metal like crazy strictly because i had this goal that was like max out the progress track and i actually remember the very very first time i played this one we finished the game and none of us got more than like Two thirds down this track, and I remember we all kind of sat there and we're like, "Is it even possible to get to the end of this track?" Because near the end of the track, it unlocks an area of the board to build on, and we're like, "How can you ever build in the the ocean area if it's so hard to get your progress token there?" And then I've played games now where I, I've I've easily gotten to that point, and I, and I can actually build you know a forest in the second round, and then like a sea in the third round because I was so focused on big progress numbers with my actions. And that is just one way that you can go, but it's not like one is more powerful than the other because, and I love this idea, I mentioned before that um, energy is what you pay to do actions. The more actions you do, the more energy you spend. But you store energy on two planets, right? The, The whole idea of this game is there's stuff in two places. And at the beginning of the game, you have to spend energy from the old world because the satellites are close to the old world. Once you move the satellites a certain distance, you can start to use energy on the new world and the old world. And once you move them even further, you can't use energy on the old world at all anymore. And remember, at the beginning of the game, that's where everything is. That's all of your infrastructure. So I've definitely... I think in that game that I played, where I just went pedal to the metal, I found myself uh, going into the, I think, third round... And I wasn't able to use any of the energy that was being made on the home planet anymore for actions. You could still use it to power your spaceships and all that kind of stuff. But I remember thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I haven't built enough energy production infrastructure on the new planet to adequately utilize the fact that I now need that for being able to do stuff. And that's just there's just really there's so many smart things wrapped up into that progress track. It really is is a neat, neat, neat element to the game.
2: It really is, and I think the the last piece of it is actually that you have these goal cards at the end of every round that reward you, as we you know we sort of already mentioned for if you move. they, They basically balance it right, so that because like John said. You, you know, if you move really far, you unlock more options, but then of course you can't move. It's a tug of war. You can't move too far too fast because you need to make sure you, you have energy from the right places, but then there are some additional incentives. So if you move like not that far then you're gonna get some additional bonuses. And those those bonuses actually seem to be better the less that you They're essentially move.
0: free actions. Like like they exactly they're frequently the things that you normally spend a whole action and a pile of energy on. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So they kind of are also there kind of limiting you, kind of slowing you down. If you want them, but then there are gonna be some turns where you're like, wait, I don't I'm not gonna go for that because I need to just get yeah. further. So you always kind of have these choices. There's always something that feels good there. And again to go back to the action cards, which are you know, as we said, that they're fantastic, is 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 that the really good ones could be zero. They're just zero movement, you right. know, or one movement. And so you, you know, when we first started playing with them, you know, I remember like the first like two rounds, and it's only a four-round game. I'm like, I have four progress movement because yeah. I played, you know, three zero, 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 zero cards. Zero, one, and zero, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm like playing my best card. So again, the decision space is like, well, I need to actually... Play over here i need to take a main board action because it just gives me more movement or i need to do this uh, i need to play this card which is actually the less efficient action but it gives me so much more movement so so, so they're there, you're it's not i'm not going to call it multi-use cards but it's just like multi-possibility choices they're they're mm. like how you use them and i think i think oh it's just it's it's really cool
0: yeah This is one of the more Underwater Cities elements to the game, I would say, as well. Because, you know, Underwater Cities, you always play a card with a worker, and then you draw a new card at the end of your turn. So I definitely felt some similar vibes there, and I really enjoyed that element in Underwater Cities, too. Like, ooh, what card am I going to draw, and what kind of benefit is it going to give me? But the big difference between these two games with relation to those cards is that in Underwater Cities, they are like a supplemental type of benefit to the main worker placement action that you're doing. Whereas in evacuation, it's just, it's your whole action. It's, it entirely encompasses the whole thing that you do on that turn. And because of that, I think they could be just a lot more interesting. Like uh, the number of times where I draw like the perfect, amazing card in evacuation compared to underwater cities, I feel like the high is a lot higher. like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Versus underwater cities being like, oh yeah, that card's pretty good. I'll play that and get one extra kelp.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, since we're talking about the progress track, I think this is a good segue into talking real quick just about the the two-player, three-player, the two-player experience particularly. Sure. Because in the two-player game, that's pretty much the only scaling is, is this progress track. Uh, there's a couple of lanes. Uh, each lane, ha- you know, some of the lanes have, like, better benefits or otherwise. And one of those lanes goes away. So that competition of who has the most happiness and is going to go first... Uh, is just a little bit stronger here and then and then the benefits that they're going to get now before we talk about this i will caveat for all of us that we actually played the game uh incorrectly in all of our two-player plays uh the lane that we were blocking at least half of it we had we had blocked the wrong yeah, the lane rulebook was you
0: surprisingly vague and we blocked yeah the more punitive lane which meant we had much meaner two-player games yeah. And, accident. and,
2: and less good feelings, I think about how, uh, how aggressive, like, yeah, exactly. How, how punishing, uh, it, it was to play, uh, by, by blocking that. But nevertheless, it is still much tighter. There, there is still like a, there's, it can be a little bit punishing if you are not the leader on that, on that track. And it can be, It can be a little bit of a runaway leader on who is the leader on, on happy faces and stuff like that. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thought on the two player game. I need to play the two player game more. I think that I've got some reservations about the two player game, but I need to play it correctly to really kind of know, know how I feel about it. But I'm really curious what you guys think.
0: Sure. I mean, it's one would assume that this game is best at two players because it is so multiplayer solitaire in that generally, Just like, well, if you're not really interacting much, then the less people, the better, because it's going to be a quicker game. It's just less people taking turns. There is no balancing to take less actions in a four-player game than a two-player game or something like that. Like, a four-player game will generally probably be about twice as long as a two-player game. And I am surprised to say that after having played every player count, I don't really have much of a preference between them. I mean, again, we did not play two-player correctly, but I still... Really enjoyed that play, and I, I didn't really notice that we'd played it wrong until <laughs> the two of you played it incorrectly. And you're like, "Wow, that, two players really harsh." And it's like, "Oh well, we actually screwed <laughs> that up." Uh, so I don't know. For me, I, I don't have strong feelings. I, I've liked it at all the counts. I mean, faster is better. Our, our three-player game tonight took like two and a half hours, so
1: like it's not the shortest game in the world. I I, I agree. I'm not so perturbed one way or another. I do think that the. Knocking out the wrong lane in the two player game <laughs> is pretty punishing. I still think I, I still think that there's going to be some some level of of higher tension at like three player is probably the the most open version of this game, right? Yeah. Because yeah. in four players there's just more people and in two player you knock out one of the two lanes. So I've not played it at four player. I imagine that that feeling of
2: it's true. I can't yeah, go anywhere point, when, especially yeah. when
1: you're last. Like, is yeah. gonna be is gonna be pretty similar, and that's. Yeah. I think that's just the way it is. I think that there's still enough space in this game, and there's enough heads downness that, like, yeah, you might not get quite as good a thing. You don't get this Benny, but like, it's a probably okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're
0: playing in the cards mode, because the cards yeah. give you ways. To get around the things that you don't have. When, when The very first game I played with yeah. Anastasia, we weren't playing with the cards. And I distinctly remember, she. I think we tied on Happy Faces, but I went before her in this round, so it inverted, so she went before me. And then she went to the progress spot that I needed, and then she proceeded to build on a spot that I was desperately trying to build towards. And I remember being like, oh crap, I need to come up with a new game plan, because it's impossible for me to build there this round. But there's no such thing as the word impossible when you're playing with the cards. With cards, think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> the, the play we just did, we were in the third round, and I started the round. And I was like, cool, I'm the only person who can build in the desert. Yay, me. I don't <laughs> have to worry about it at all. And the whole time, Anastasia's just in the corner, like, snickering, because she has a card that says she can play in the desert. And I didn't I even realize that. It, it, she I did end that up to both of you, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> Nick kept
2: being like, nobody yeah. has two sons, right? And I was like, well, and he's like, well, but I'll still have another turn. I was like, theoretically, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was basically trying not to tell him I had a card that was going to do exactly what he didn't want me to do. But I yeah. also like didn't want him to be sad that he was like, because I hate that <laughs> feeling where you're like, okay, no, I'm good, right? And it's like, well, no, you're really not good because yeah. you don't know what are in people's hands. You yeah. just don't, you know. There's a lot of game breakingness in that. not I don't call it game breakingness. That's too much. It's just a lot of possibilities in those cards and so you know you guys are totally right you know i love it sometimes when we talk on this podcast because i'll come in with a feeling i'll be like i don't know guys and then we'll talk it through i'm like "Mm." i take it all back just (laughs) just just (laughs) just ignore me because it's it's true nick's right block the wrong lane that is kind of punishing but you know i think what it is is that Um, happy faces so that you you, I get it I know why happiness exists I know why you're trying to collect these happy faces I know why you're trying to build stadiums but it's just like Messina 1347 where you need to like repopulate Messina it's just not the most fun part of the game to me like I just the you build stadiums they don't do anything else right like other than other than needing to have them so I don't get negative points they don't give me points they don't like And I I shouldn't even say that, right? Because yes, by having the most, you get to go first. And that is really powerful in this game. But I don't necessarily want to do that. Once I'm behind, I feel behind and I don't wanna like spend my whole year like gathering the resources to just and they and they're expensive too, right? Like you have to spend a bunch of resources to do them. We haven't even talked that much about infrastructure, which is a whole other thing, which is like kind of like basically mapping, you know, having things in certain places and that increases your production. I mean, there's there's other elements in this game and things to spend your stuff on. And so I do think the stadiums and the happy faces are like the one area and this is probably why I suck at this game. So don't listen to me talk anymore <laughs> here. But uh it's that's probably something that I need to kind of like step back and be like, hey, you you know, this is a piece of the game. You got to focus on this a little bit more if you want to control this more. um uh, But uh, it's not my favorite part, and so that's probably yeah. why in the two player game in particular, it's it's important because turn order is important. It's like any Euro game where you're like, yeah. I don't want to take the action where I get to be first player. Well, sometimes you need to do it. You know, yeah.
0: I think that. I agree. The weakest part of this game is stadiums and happiness as a mechanic. Uh, Going back to the race mode, right? We were talking about it's just kind of weird... And and uh that that's fascinating the thing. that it's
2: also the most important thing. Like, it's like I, the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, while you're playing
0: the game, the stadiums I'm are trying just, to tell
2: you it was super important, but you don't not, like it.
0: they're not something you wanna be focusing on. It, it's funny, I wanna say the stadiums feel like the feed your people mechanism, but this game actually <laughs> has a feed your people mechanism <laughs> that I don't mind. Like you have to feed your people food in this game, but like the the stadiums are just like like all these shiny things I wanna do and then It's like chores. It's like, and then I guess i got to build a stadium as well. I'm going to work a stadium into all these super cool, fun activities that I want to (laughs) do.
2: Got to make them happy. Yeah, exactly. Don't they understand? I populated, I fed them, I'm building infrastructure. Why do we need to be happy? I don't understand. I can't help but wonder
0: if the game could have worked with the stadium happiness mechanic completely excised. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It does feel... Tacked on is over, an overstatement because it is integrated into a lot of the technologies, which is another thing we haven't talked about. There's a lot going on in this game, but I don't know. It, it really does feel like, you know, it's Pluto <laughs> orbiting at the very perimeter of the mechanics of this game and not really central to all these other things that, that do kind of work together. Like, without any incentives, I would already want to build ships and I'd already want to construct factories and I would already want to uh, to do all these things. But without a, a a big stick or a sort of Damocles or whatever, like hovering over your head, ready to smack you with penalties for stadiums, you would never build them, right? I mean I guess yeah, yeah. turn order,
1: but I don't know it just they don't feel they're not fun. They're boring. <laughs> I think it's because they yeah, because they don't really do anything like the technologies, right? So the techs in this game, <laughs> I think, actually um are pretty cool. You have like a different track. I like the way that they randomize the setup for them. Um they are you know euro technologies it's like you do a thing and you get this little you this thing's a little bit cheaper you can cheat at this thing a little bit um and i think there
2: are tech trees and i think that is cool and like you said and randomized tech trees
1: yeah yeah i, I think that and the, i think they're they're nicely structured and they so far have felt relatively fair like some feel a little bit better on one board than another but i've not like played through and been like oh my god you're you're playing that set like it they, they yeah. feel all very reasonable, but um now it's time for me to bring up my hot take question uh, and it, and it stems from the text is that I think that the it feels like the rules in this game are not um the the tightest, the cleanest, especially when it comes to the technologies. and like you know the 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 game uses the word gain and take and choose and choose and these things are like not entirely clear to me from like the rule book or even the explanation in the back where it's like, hey, we'll explain these more complicated technologies to you. I like sometimes we'll read those descriptions and be like, I have no further clarification on what it is <laughs> no. that I'm trying to find the answer to about this. So I feel like multiple times in the couple plays that we've had, we've had to just like make a call where we're like, well, this makes sense, but it certainly isn't doesn't feel spelled out in the rules to me right now.
0: Yeah. There are lots of lots of gray areas where the technologies meet bonus actions and, and, and I things think like that
2: I think this is one of those games where it's gonna benefit from a little bit of time in the ecosystem. Uh, the, the ecosphere what word am i looking guys It is late and i don't know what the, word the bgg sphere the bgg sphere <laughs> right and um this is a credit to v- vladimir sushi he's on bgg constantly commenting yeah. um you know kind of clarifying and i think that that's something that's like you know is if if you're listening to this not something's going to really bother you, you guys really want to get every little rule right, you don't like kind of making decisions like that at the table and just kind of like flow in with it. You know, I think spend a little time on BGG, make sure BGG is kind of like nearby and understand that like in a couple of months, I think a lot of that thing is going to be clarified. This game still hasn't been released in the US. I think, you know, some of that might even be clarified in the rules. I saw that happen. You know, I I keep bringing up Messina, but like the rules that came out for the English edition tweak things a little bit. So I think some of those things are going to kind of iron themselves out. But I agree with you that there's you know, as we've even touched on this podcast, you know, there's, there's, there's so many layers. We, we, we've just, we talked about the progress track and we talked about your individual things and the action cards and the tech trees, which we barely touched on and the infrastructure, like all of these things play together. They all change the game. And honestly, I mean, that kind of brings me to like uh, my final like points on this game. Like, sure. There are these like little bits here and there that I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, or I don't know about that, or even just the nature of like the multiple ways to play. Like, I I'm not a big fan. I know that this is gonna frustrate people who are listening to this. I'm like, which way should I play? I cannot tell you. I am so sorry. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but I don't know. And and if I were you and I was listening to this, I would I would be annoyed with me too because that's like I've all I ever want with the game. I'm like, just tell me what which way to play to start. I will say play race mode. What? then? At least once, then jump into points mode. Play with the action cards. Go nuts. And yeah. I don't know Second about the modules. Game, we...
0: Play with the action yeah. cards. I think and that's probably the bigger thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Commit to playing it twice, and then and then kind of figure it out. Like we almost played with the mo- extra modules tonight. We didn't. Now I'm like ready. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And and I'm not. I don't really like games that have 14 different ways to play. But this this is exactly like Nucleum for me. This is a game that you just like commit. To exploring it, explore it. This is gonna, this is gonna be an easier. It's the same weight, for, I think, as Nucleum, but it will be an easier teach. Yes. It's, it's. I've had just as much fl- fun playing this one as I had playing Nucleum. They are tied for me. They were both fantastic. I, I'm just, I'm really loving these games coming out this year. I, uh, it is, it is so much fun. I don't know which way is the perfect way to play. I don't know if it exists, but just play it, explore it, keep exploring <laughs> it. Literally i mean it's uh it's great it's great it's got some foibles yeah it's great i loved it
0: (laughs) the number of times uh especially since we started playing with the action cards that i would just i would just sit there we're playing and i'm just like i'm having so much fun right now like (laughs) like like, (laughs) like, nobody asked me i'm just sitting there like i'm having so much fun i want everybody to know how much fun i'm having (laughs) I, I, i do yeah i mean Nick covered it a long time ago. Is It's, it's a really it's really fun to do the puzzle. It's really fun while you're playing it. I think I personally don't mind the point scoring as much as um, other of you do. Because, I don't know, maybe I've done a pretty good job of focusing on those things. I mean, I've, I've essentially beaten Nick on the tiebreaker John, twice. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so like, I think we're pretty equally um, competent when it comes to those kind of things. But yeah, I, I, I think I know my preferred way to play in the way that I'd like to play it again always in the future and you know these action cards they have icons they also have text that tells you exactly what it does in English and I think that helps as well Uh, to the point where I it has me wondering maybe if I teach somebody this game new maybe I should just throw in the action cards and be like let's play you know we could we could play race mode or whatever but just like not even worry about the action cards, or maybe some weird hybrid where you play points mode, but you don't use the goal cards. You just kind of play points without that. But then that's not maybe not enough. I don't know. I guess I agree with Anastasia too. I don't really know what the right way to play it is. The best way to play this is is your third play. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Your first couple plays, I don't know. But the best game, it's going to be three plays in.
2: <laughs> Commit to three. Yeah. Commit to three. don't don't teach this to someone to play once. Like if you're yes. going to play this, like at least two, like commit to. two, And even if you guys, even if you go in and do play points mode, fine, but then just play it again because you, you're going to need that first play just to, just to figure out. Yeah. I mean, like John said, it's a weird game. It's weird, but it's cool.
1: Yeah. I, I just, it is just so satisfying to push the pieces around. I'm, I'm really impressed at how, again, how simple the math is, but how much it makes you, have to to think about and juggle multiple things and that then makes you be like oh but if i do this i want to sequence in this way and i want to count these numbers down um and if you're you know really getting into it you're thinking well but next turn i need to make sure there's this resource over there on the new world that i can use and um you can go pretty deep on it but i i, I think that it's you can also just kind of like you can play a little bit more by feel and be successful um, it won't necessarily punish you for doing that, and yeah, it just it, it's it's a it's a very good feeling game for Euro players. Just the, the pushing of the pieces. This is a game where just pushing the pieces around is is just it hits it scratches a good itch for me. Yeah. The journey, the destination's
0: fine, but it's it's all about that journey. The journey, <laughs> yes, totally. That,
2: that journey, that journey. I know. Even I, I don't hear about from Nick. <laughs> In the at the end of our games tonight, I heard Nick I like, just wait. like right before we ended or something he was like oh that's so cool and I was like I don't even know what it was but I think something just worked out for yeah. you and I was just like and I don't hear you do that that often and I was like oh yeah he's loving it over there yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. even if I even if I don't care for the scoring I just I really like playing the game so much that it's that it, 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 it like it doesn't matter that I have those other opinions you know yeah yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I think I think that's it. I think we have literally nothing else to say. That's that's a
0: lie. I'm sure we could talk about this <laughs> for another hour. But um, <laughs> this has been really fun exploring it. I am looking forward to playing it more for sure. And uh, I do want to say that um, anybody listening to this, if you have thoughts, questions, comments, if you've played it and you want to talk about it, please leave a comment on the YouTube version of this episode. You can find a link to it in the description of the episode.
2: Yeah, and go watch John's tutorial. Maybe you won't have to play race mode. Maybe you won't even need the stumble mode if you go watch him <laughs> teach you how to play it, save you that,
1: and then Love you can the just
2: plug. dive in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> have fun, y'all. We'll see you soon.